You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. I'm so happy today to be talking with Jude Sandy. He is an actor, a dancer, such a warm and generous person. And I always come away from conversations with him feeling inspired and renewed. He always puts things in perspective for me in a really wonderful way. I hope you enjoy the 12th episode of The Compass. that no one else knows this setup that I have. <laughs> the corner. It's in the corner of my bedroom. It's very tiny. It's a beautiful, cozy little cave. Jude I feel. has kindly folded himself into my little story. <laughs> um, it feels like a place for telling secrets. Good. <laughs> exactly as it should be. Yeah. So what is the dark side to you and how do you keep yourself from going there as an artist oh baby let's just jump right in then okay um um i think well for me the dark side is it's for me it's very circumstantial and it's it is caught up in my work in as much as um my work is reflective of my life Mm. a lot of why i'm an artist has to do with my experience as 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 a person uh, growing up in a very specific cultural um, milieu, and um, uh, as a as a young gay boy in the West Indies, um, growing up Catholic, um, very faithfully Catholic, hmm. um, um, and having really intense um, spiritual connection with my religious practice and therefore with the religious community in which that practice um, played out at the same time knowing that I was homosexual from a very very early age and beginning to understand from a very early age that um, that that was considered abominable um, and and uh, worthy of persecution by the people that were around me um, the people that were reflections of myself, you know, you, li- you live in a society and the people around you are reflections of you um, and, and, and they are you, you know, in a kind of a way. Um, so I think that set off a kind of internal questioning um, that made me want to be an artist and someone who engages questions about what it means to be human mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and questions about our purpose um, as individuals and as members of larger wholes. Um, and, and so I think that when, when the dark side starts to creep, uh, it, it's very much about those kinds of questions. And, and you know, we, we certainly l- work in a profession that, first of all, engages us on so many levels. Um, and and engages our humanity in such intimate and um, and and vulnerable ways, um, and that's both the huge reward and and the incredible danger of what we do. That there's a certain kind of masochism that's involved, <laughs> 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 and, 
um, in, in, in exposing ourselves um, in that way. And um, so for me, the, the dark side tends to come, come as a question of purpose and being. Um, that is, am I being authentic um, to, to those things? And, and am I being authentic to, a, a, I think, a, a sense of purpose that I found um, for myself, which was about continuing along the path of that questioning, um, questioning myself, questioning mm-hmm. the society in which I live, questioning the way we establish the values that we, that, that we um, pursue um, and that we prosecute. <laughs> um, and, um, and, 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 and really kind of pushing a conversation about those things. So, and, and we work in, in an industry that is about entertainment. Right. Which is a whole other side of it. Yeah. 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 And, um, for me, it's often, uh, trying to figure out a balance between those two things, you know, um, that, that what we, what we do is part of an industry. Right. Um, and that we do operate certainly as New York artists, um, as part of an industry and, and how do you try to hold on to some sort of, um, integrity as you, you know, race around, as you know, in, in 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 what can be a very fraught environment of um, people competing mm-hmm. for very very um, sp- a sparse set of opportunities. Um, so so that's how it tends to show up for me. Yeah. Um, as far as how do I deal with it? In large or small ways. It could be very basic ways. Yeah. Um, I know that I, I, I can honestly say that I, I, I don't feel like I've... That, that, that in a lot of ways, my life is a conversation with, with, with that darkness. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think it's it's ever evolving. I don't know if any of us have the answer. Right. But. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and there are a few things that have proven helpful. Mm-hmm. One is um, knowing your tribe and and um, and trusting them. Mm-hmm. and and I know for me, trust is a difficult it's a it's a difficult proposition because we're bombarded, you know and 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 it's hard to know intent. So it's so especially I mean the the, the crazy thing about our business is that we fall in love with people again um, with whom we're constantly in some some sort of competition hmm. and so it's hard to um to to maintain that contradiction right that yeah. constantly we're in a, a, a space in which you know we're being told that we have to promote ourselves um that we have to be our, our best agents that um we have to be constantly announcing what's the new thing that we're doing that's exciting that makes us attractive that makes us um worthy of more mm-hmm. work um at a higher level you know we're constantly trying to to build that up and so it, 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 in that like i am climbing the tower um effort constant effort it 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 it, it, it 
can feel difficult to reach out to the the people who are also in the midst right. of that same yeah that <laughs> or to same... see each other quick uh, like clearly y- yes through yes. all of that yes and see and see ourselves as available to one another yeah. and see ourselves as worthy of um demanding that of the people who we we also love and support and who we want to be successful mm-hmm. um yeah it's a tricky it, it's a tricky 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 place that we're in yeah that we inhabit um and i i i i still haven't figured it out um one thing that i'm learning just now just now starting to figure out is um uh, a greater sense of clarity between uh, the doing and the being um in that you know we in school and as we're learning and as we discover our passion for for the work and for the profession mm-hmm. you know, the vocation of, of the work that we become actors and we become artists and we start playing with that um, personality and what it means to be this thing and then we begin to define ourselves as such and according to um uh, ideas and ideals of what those things are. Um, and then we hit real life. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and real life is just so much more contradictory and, um, and, and so much less clear. And what I'm just beginning to learn now is, um, so you have the thing that, that you've decided you are you know that um and it it, it's really easy for that thing to feel under assault by all of the the realities Mm -hmm. and um and having a real clear sense of oh this is what i'm doing right now which may not necessarily have a um fundamental um reflection on who i am you know so the jobs that you get um, both artistically and non-artistically, you know, mm-hmm. the survival jobs versus the the creative jobs, and 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 even the creative jobs might not be your cup of tea exactly. or your purpose, right? Yeah, yeah, and 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 having a sense of separation um, and a sense of of care for the 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 the, the identity that you've built for yourself, yep, and 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 preserving it from yeah. What that can be what, hard. I know I'm I'm the best at uh, beating myself up. Yeah, right. And it's such I've tried to get better at it because it's like you go in, you don't have the audition you wanted to have, and mm-hmm. like it doesn't help to <laughs> <laughs> mentally assault yourself. Right. But it's easy to do. Right. It's yeah. Easy yeah. To do. And it's so it, it it's so easy. And and learning how to be gentler with that identity because one, it's so yeah. fragile. Um I love that. And not let it be taken away from you, too. Right. By the constant affronts right. that we face yes. in this yes. business. Yes. And, I mean, certainly the experience that I've had over the past few years in New York, and New York has been kind to me, um, uh, I've I wrestled with with that boundary a lot. And... Um, and I mean, I, 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 just for full disclosure, I'm in a really big transitional 
phase in my mm -hmm. life right now. And uh, what I discovered was that you, you get to New York and very quickly people want to know what you are. Mm -hmm. You know, are you a TV film actor? Are you a theater actor? Well, are you a musical theater artist? <laughs> you know, are you more a dancer than you are a singer? Like, you, you know, people want to have a very clear definition of what you are. And, and in my experience, what that did was made me like start cutting pieces of myself off, you uh. know? Um, so, you know, to try to fit yourself in their definition. Precisely. Um, because you're, you're told, you're, you're given a very clear path of what success looks like mm -hmm. um, and what it entails, um, that it entails a certain kind of discipline and, and, and a certain kind of clarity and that people want it and you need to be ready to present it. You know, it's like, wh what's your two minute pitch of, you know, yeah. who you are? And um, <laughs> yeah. It's, so, it's, so, <laughs> it's obscene. Oh my gosh, it is. It is. And it's bizarre. It would be nice. It would be nice if you could do that, but that's bizarre. We're just so much more complex than yeah, that. You're a whole lifetime of a person. Yeah, precisely, precisely. Um, and and I marvel at the people who have that sense of clarity, who are able to do that. And I'm I, I'm so impressed by them, um, and who have a kind of singularity of purpose. Um, and uh, what what I've discovered though is that for me. <laughs> um, what I'm just now discovering is finding really diverse ways of of um, entry into the world for myself is helpful. So almost a complete rebellion from <laughs> from I'm from what we're being told. Like yes, a... yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and because what what I found was that I mean I came into into the theater as a dancer from at an old age for a dancer. <laughs> And um, and then moved from dance into theater, and after three years of grad school, found that what I was get what what I was being seen as was more of a movement artist, and really mm -hmm. resisted that because you get to grad school, and, and you put in your time. You want to be seen as an actor, right? Yeah. Right. And what was funny for me was that um, I actually did not go to grad school. Um, I remember when I when I was applying to grad schools, I, I it was not my intent to become a career actor personally. Um, it was as someone who had a dance background, wanting to broaden the, the the ingredients available to me for the creation of work. That's what I was thinking about mm. when I started. And then you get swept into the profession with all the glorious things that are in it and the camaraderie and the creation of the work mm -hmm. and the collaboration and and the and then you know the the fulfilling of the work and 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 the engagement with audiences and 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 feeling useful you know that you've told these stories that are engaging people's minds and hearts and you go well yes mm -hmm. and you go well okay yeah i can do that <laughs> i can do that yeah you know and um and 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 of course, you spend if you're if you're you know in grad school, you spend three years just doing that, yeah. And then you get out into, into the world, and and the opportunities are, you know, select mm -hmm. um, to be able to to do that thing that you just spent all this energy learning how to become a really good athlete at, yeah. Um, and um, and then suddenly I found myself starting to cut off the thing that I initially went into it for to try to fit into these streams of 
professional, you know, profiles. And I, I, what I noticed over the past few years is that I've been just getting narrower and narrower as an artist. Mm. Um, and and I would say, if anything, if my, my the one, um, you know, big lesson of the pa- of the five years that I've been in New York is resist that <laughs> at all costs. Yes. I think I think there's nothing that takes us to a darker place than than our narrowing or our diminishing of our full full complexity. Um, and I actually think what I think what's funny about it is that um, while the 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 machinery of our of our industry suggests and 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 really pulls us in the direction of that na- of that kind of narrow focus specializing in things the industry itself the profession itself the work itself doesn't want that so we actually end up doing not only ourselves but the profession a disservice by narrowing ourselves hmm. um and and that you know we lear- we were told this in grad school then we 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 hit a hard reality that co- that seems to contradict it you know that we're told in school be your fullest self and then we get into a situation that cuts us up that feels like it cuts us up and tells us you have to choose between things because this is what success looks like right we're told. or even to be able to do to get a job to be able to do it and so of course you cut yourself up because you want to be contributing you want to be useful like you said like of course we all want to be useful right yeah and so to even be able to do any work right if you feel like you had to narrow yourself yes yes that you you want to feel that you're being that your energies is is productively con- contributing to something yes <laughs> right exactly right um but what i'm just beginning to discover um is that opportunities that may seem to disperse your energies, you know, like if you, you know, if you're, you're told success looks like that, so you should be, you know, I've had professionals say to me, well, you shouldn't be doing that kind of work because that kind of work is not going to, is not prized. You're going to get, you know, pigeonholed as that kind of artist and you want to be this kind of artist. So you, but the truth of the matter is, is take the opportunities take them all because all they will make you is a more interesting person <laughs> ultimately and there will be and and that will self-select your path for you and it will actually just keep you authentic as, as an artist and it will actually keep you more fulfilled as an mm-hmm. artist don't fall for the hype <laughs> <laughs> you know of oh you know well if you want to be in tv and film this is what you have to do right. um because what what I'm just now being reminded is that life just works much more mysteriously than that. And we keep, you know, being um, fooled by the formulas and the formulas don't apply. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear the stories and the narratives are always tidied into this thing of well this person did this and then they did that and they went you know and then they were on broadway and (laughs) then right and and then they you know and if i want to be like her i need to you need this is yeah Mm. and the truth of the matter is it's life is just alchemy that that's all it is (laughs) and you and you have in my opinion um you have very limited control over how that plays itself out and so take 
every gift that comes um, and and deny none of it, reject none of it, um, because it's all enriching, mm. ultimately. And I think it ends up just leading you in surprising places. And quite frankly, even the resistance leads you to surprising places that then just reinforce the thing of be yourself. Yeah. Um, actually do be your full self um, because you'll do better work. You'll do more interesting work when you, it, it, you know, and, and you might be thinking to yourself, well, um, you know, I, I, I love, um, you know, puppetry. So, but, but I'm told that if I want to be TV and film, I need to focus on that kind of work. Do the puppetry. Because at some point you're going to accidentally meet someone who's going to go, can you do this here? Right. And it'll, it'll, it'll. It's all going to work out. It'll work itself out. I think we need to to let go a lot more. <laughs> There's something very comforting about that thought. Because <laughs> it is it is such a random random business and I think that's why I think that's why people try to cling to so much control and to these theories. Exactly. Is because we have so little control that they're trying to trying to make it into something that they can. Yeah. Deal with. Yeah. Yep, yeah. and that there's just there's actually so much possibility that people are just trying to carve out what makes sense. And of course we have to seem like we have we, that we know what we're doing. Yeah. Um and more often than not we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I or at least I I, I, I shouldn't speak for anyone. I don't. I don't. We don't. <laughs> I don't. Yes. Yeah. I had this, you know, wonderful experience where um I recently parted ways with with my agents. Mm-hmm. Um and they thought, you know, they were, they've been moving in a really wonderful direction. That's, I mean, it's incredible how, how they've grown and they've become successful in a way that um, is wonderful for them and is not really who I am. Mm-hmm. And we've had some great successes together. And for the past couple of years, it became clear something isn't quite working. And part of it, frankly, was that I'd been trying to cut myself up into the thing that I thought that that would, they wanted would want. Yeah. Yeah. So there I was trying to carve myself up into this thing that I thought would be attractive to them and to casting agents. And mm-hmm. and if I if I could define myself, I mean, oh my God, we can't define ourselves. We we elude ourselves constantly. As soon as we think we put a finger, at least, uh, once again, I will speak for myself. As soon as I put my uh, my finger on, like, oh, this is what I am, it I, it I, it becomes the exact opposite. We're just so much more complex than that. And so there I was trying to, you know, define myself for them and make myself clear, thinking for them, right? And 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 pulling apart pieces of myself. And actually, all I was doing was making it impossible um, to 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 conjure the magic that is this particular human being and therefore nothing was happening it stopped happening you know i i had stopped auditioning mm-hmm. um and it was clear that nothing was happening so we finally had a conversation and and it was clear it was time to to part ways and the next day i, I and i thought because I because in me I'd known it was coming. Uh, I, I'd had conversations with friends over the past year and a half, going maybe it's time for me to 
to do something else and not be with, with my agents anymore because something's not working. And so, so, but then of course you think, but you have to have representation. Right. And even if you think that you're like, oh, well, I, I, I wouldn't mind switching to another agent, but you don't want to be without you one or no one will believe you should have one. Right. Exactly. Right. No one's going to take you remotely seriously if you don't have an agent. Right. Um, and, and so when, when we had the conversation, I was thinking, well, I'm going to hang up. And at some point the, you know, the terror and, and, and despair is going to hit. And actually all I felt was release. And it, it completely rearranged how I saw the past couple of years because it, it, what it made clear to me is that, of course, your agents are going to try to, you know, figure out how they can sell you. So they will mm-hmm. ask you to define yourself. But um, I actually wasn't doing them any favors in taking that on to myself. Right, but you can play the game of well, I'm capable of this, so I can, I can, I can shape a little for you. But as far as like trying to do that on yourself, in yourself, that's not helpful. Um, and and that's what I had done. And suddenly I was released from having to do that anymore. (laughs) And what was so? I I remember I emailed them the next day and I was like, look, let's be clear, we are even better friends now because now uh, because we knew we knew and what and what happened was we uh, we acted on finally we acted on what we knew right and and we had this wonderful email exchange and then Good. an hour later i got an email from uh, a, a wonderful colleague who goes can you come do movement direction for my production um and it and what was bizarre about it it is hmm. it was the kind of work that i was resisting doing as i was trying to become a career actor but it's actually the work i love and hmm. it's like yeah do all of it do all do <laughs> all do not do not try to isolate yourself right, out. define yourself yeah and it and it and it was the kind of work that i would have otherwise been um really hesitant to take because it's like well okay that's going to be time away from new york mm-hmm. when my you know my agent I'm might be, be seen as that and, and then right oh mm-hmm. right there he is a movement guy so where um, did you do this it was outside at new york? cleveland playhouse oh, okay. um for a production of the crucible um and had an incredible time an incredible time and just was re- reminded of oh right we are so much more than um, our websites. <laughs> <laughs> Quote of the day. Quote of the day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and isn't that liberating to yes. know that you're more than your Instagram feed? Oh my gosh. It, it's been such a relief. And, 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 and bizarrely enough, but tellingly enough, I've actually had more people calling me to, to either offer me works off the bat Mm. or ask me to come in to be considered for things i've actually had more of that in the past two months than i've had this past year yeah Yeah. something was freed up something is freed up so so resist resist the temptation of shackling yourself to 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 the imagery yeah at all at all costs (laughs) just resist it and and you know and and what what I love is that then it makes me think differently about my colleagues who I see who are doing you know many different things and are working um, in many different capacities in our field 
um, you know, who are saying, I am going to write something, even if it's unpublishable or unstageable. Right. Um, uh, but it's just about engaging yourself in a different way and, and, and reconnecting with the fact that for many of us, when we started this, we started it to be complete artists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not as mercenary, um, you know, freelance actors, <laughs> you know, try, you know, yeah. Yeah. Trying to land a movie deal or TV series, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, and then, which is not to at all <laughs> demean that work, but it's part of a larger mosaic of who we are yes. and what we're capable of. And I think sometimes when we go through training, like a lot of us have, that's so specific for mm. acting. Mm-hmm. We get, I don't know if it's a, a, we're scared to try other things because we're not a trained playwright, mm-hmm. or, you right. know, or we yeah. don't, we don't, we know what intense training is so yeah. we maybe we're not a songwriter but on like for your own artistry for your own inner life mm-hmm. why not mm-hmm. try it why mm-hmm. not try it and fail and then fail better whatever that quote is and right yeah and for me it's like actually if anything else it's if nothing else it's so informative to the reality that it's all the same work that it, it is about how are we crafting our humanity that that's what it comes down to i mean what what's been liberating for me is realizing that oh right a director is doing the same work that an actor is doing just from a different perspective with a different set of um inputs coming in you know as far as oh right they have to deal very specifically with designers and with the theater itself and with the space and and it's just about you know um different levels of the same work an actor also has to be thinking about the space and what the design elements are like we're actually all on the same project um and i think think it's that hierarchy of like the the power when you're getting the job that can come sometimes throw that out of whack when of course we Mm -hmm. should at least when you have the job Mm -hmm. and ideally all the time it should be a team effort and a collaborative effort and i know that's what i miss a lot about grad school is we were an ensemble Mm -hmm, and there aren't mm -hmm. many of those companies left where you do get to work with Mm -hmm. people for a year well and the funny thing about it too is that even in those situations where it feels like the hierarchy is so solid and impenetrable um the the opposite ends up proving true um i i remember being in uh, a production at a very established theater um, with a huge reputation, uh, with a director who was known to be very strict, very authoritarian, and seeing how we all generally kind of fell into place mm-hmm. as minions to his vision, <laughs> and an incredibly intelligent director, and watching that director respond to people working very Dis- in, in very disciplined way and actually being really kind of actually frustrated by people and watching the one or two actors who understood that and transcended it to be constantly available to making suggestions in, in constructive and, and non-intrusive ways um, that every time the director had a note for them, they were ready with Yes, and and I can try this, and I can try this, and I can try that. Whereas, I think a lot of the rest of us were going, 
just try to figure out what that director wants. Right. And do that. <laughs> just take orders. Just take the order. <laughs> <laughs> and what you find out is even the ones who seem to want you to just take the order don't want that. They want you to apply your full intelligence and actually have more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have more. And, 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 and to fulfill and transcend their idea. Um, so, yeah, don't be fooled. <laughs> just don't be fooled. It's not true. It's just not true. Yeah, yeah. They want us to be interesting. They, they truly want us to be interesting and full and self-possessed. Because that's that's what they respond. It's actually what they end up responding to. Yeah. And and they and they want collaborators. They want they want people who they can trust enough that by the, that when we all do get into the room together and they are being driven by all the priorities of a production that we can be doing the magical work in between those lines um, and create something that. The, the production alone can't. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. This is all, it's so interesting, because exactly where you started when we started this conversation, talking about where you come from and mm. how those shape you as an artist, this mm. entire thing we've been talking about is completely in touch with that. Mm. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> completely in touch with what you kind of stated as your purpose mm. as an artist right at the beginning. Which I think that does bring us back to the beginning because um, you, you you were saying, what is it that takes us to the dark side? And I think what it is is when we start losing sight of how all the things that we're doing are connected mm-hmm. um, to one another. When we start feeling separated and isolated out away from that sense of, oh, right, this is all working um, in in some sort of harmony, even if we don't see it at the moment. Um, I, I, I keep having these cyclical experiences of being brought back to movement and then brought back to singing and voice and then brought back to, you know, pure, in quotation marks, acting. And every time I'm like pulled in one direction, it actually just ends up reinforcing the whole. Um, if I'm patient enough to, to, to ride the rough wave. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how have you been finding, because something that's, that this podcast deals with and something that I'm trying to deal with is like, how do you then factor in the financial part of your life? Because I, I also feel like I've done so many projects over the last two years that I'm incredibly proud of that maybe only a hundred people saw or made me $25 for two months of work. Mm-hmm with peers and with artists that I respect Mm -hmm. and I do, I I see the success in them, Uh but then there's that little voice in the back of your mind that of course wants to make your living from your art and not have to have another income. Like how do you deal with that part of it? And, and part of, I think coming out of the dark side, like you're saying is like finding the balance and being involved in all these different parts of yourself and appreciating them. But if also, if they're not making you money, what do you do? (laughs) Yes. And, and this is exactly the transition that I'm in yes. <laughs> right <We're>, now. Yep. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm excited to dive into this one. Okay. Because I think it's really important for us to look at the world with clear understanding 
of how it's operating, what it demands of us, and whether or not we're, we're willing and able to run along with it. Um, and I know I'm in the midst of making big decisions about um, what my future holds, but this is this it's it's hard to talk about in a way that's diplomatic i think artists need to find the places that are right for them i think artists need to have really blunt conversations with themselves about about are they in the place they need to be to do the work that they need to do and i think if we you know we're sitting here in in new york city if we're really honest about that, many of us would leave this town. Mm-hmm. Because this it, it, this is a difficult place to create work. It's a difficult place to not be a wealthy person yep. and somehow be able to move forward as a creative creature. And I think some of us can do it. I think some of us are capable of, you know, joining into the to, to the race and and some of us are equipped for it and some of us are, are good at it and some of us are energized by it and more power to them but I think some of us don't belong here <laughs> and, and that's the place you're in you're trying to figure that out now oh I figured it out <laughs> all right then you haven't made your move yet you haven't I haven't made, made my move but yet. I figured it out okay um and and um I, I believe that New York City is no longer a place for the struggling artist. Um, my, regardless of what my financial history or position is, my solidarity is with the work and the livelihood of the struggling artist. And therefore, I personally cannot continue to to be a contributor to a place that is not for for that person i can't i i i just my my own spoiled brat says no so i i i do intend to leave new york mm-hmm. um i i have come close to knowing where the the next step will be um, because I I have a a much clearer idea and thank you New York for making it possible for me because I think the experience of New York is, is, is a fundamental one. I think certainly even now every actor should spend some time here. Every every artist should spend some time here. But because it helps you, it, it, it demands that you clarify what, yeah. your, what, what your purpose is. You must and it's so come to terms with it. And it's so you know, how places change. Yes. Because it's still, I mean, it's a wonderful city in so many ways. And it it's is, an incredible it city. It is full of, you can walk through art every day. Yes. And all these amazing things happen here, but the basic living situation has changed so much yeah. financially. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I still all the time, you know, I'm walking around going, oh, my God, I'm in one of the most incredible places on the planet. This is not a... a But you shouldn't have to pay 
you shouldn't have to not be able to have a savings account. You shouldn't be able to pay well, so much a month that mm-hmm. you have to yeah. work and, and then not get paid for your art also. It's and, such a bizarre thing. Yes. And I, 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 I just, I think, you know, people need to, to know what it is they want to do and know where that's possible, where that's feasible. And so in that sense, it's why I, w- I will never discourage an artist of any, you know, um, medium to c- from coming to New York. Absolutely. Come. Find out if this is a place where you can do your work. But I do think that I see a lot of us overstaying our welcome. Um, and uh, it it's something I'm just... Uh, I see too many of us allowing ourselves to be robbed of our our energy and our sense of purpose and our our joy Mm -hmm. um by a place that doesn't feed us and i i i am determined to be fed (laughs) (laughs) um i am determined to be healthy um and i am determined to be a member of a community that values the work that is being that 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 I and others are doing, um, and it's unfortunate that I've seen personally too many or my share of brilliant artists who cannot find the just the sheer space to be able to 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 open their brains their brilliant brains up to let all of that magic out. And I think, you know, we're, all, we're living in a, t- a time when um, there's so many of us. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is we would, be, to leave would actually be doing New York a favor because <laughs> the New York market is, it's a bull it's market. Saturated. There are just too many of us here, right? <laughs> For New York's own sake, it would actually be helpful. Um, but there are so many of us. And... And I think it's time for us to start changing the the narrative of what it means to be successful and what it means to, to make it. I think what, what all of these conservatory programs are making possible is a national revival, um, a national arts movement. And it's time for us to start thinking that way. Okay, this is when I read this quote to you. Ah! I had this, and this just came up. Um, I love patty smith and obsessed as patty yes go read just kids right now but this was a quote i found of hers that she gave on some japanese television interview Mm. in 1978 Mm. i believe that we that this planet hasn't had its golden age everybody says it's finished art's finished rock and roll is dead god is dead fuck that this is my chance (laughs) in the world I didn't live back there in Mesopotamia. I wasn't there in the Garden of Eden. I wasn't there with Emperor Han. I'm right here, right now, and I want now to be the golden age. Mm. If only each generation would realize that the time for greatness is right now when they're alive. The time to flower is now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, ma'am. Oh, <laughs> and yes, you brought ma'am. it that's right incredible. around and perfectly put in- that in. That's incredible. And the thing about it is, is that not only do I agree with her, but I actually think it's happening. I think that that this generation, and I'm a little older, so <laughs> than 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 the generation of young artists that are you know flocking to to cities right now. Um, but I'm so amazed 
by the bravery and the creativity and the the abandon that um, young artists are with which young artists are attacking the task of, of creating work. Um, and quite frankly, I'm being instructed by watching that, hmm. you know, and seeing that energy and, and going, well, yeah. And there are enough of us, you know, we, uh, just thinking in theater, there's, a, there's something actually rather remarkable that's happening in regional theater right now where there's all this incredible, adventurous um, work that's, that's happening that is not ego-driven, um, that is about uh, interacting in really exciting, novel, open-hearted ways with the communities that, that, that those places are serving. And I find it incredibly exciting. And so for that, I'm like, hell yeah, let's, let's, let's go back out into the regions. It's mm. time to do it. The re th th those institutions are ready for us. They want, they want our energy. Um, those cities are ready for us because those cities are re refashioning themselves, are, are finding new identities for themselves. And that's all the energy and, and the um, innovation that's happening among this new generation needs to go out. There's also just so many people in this country. And I feel like if the, you know, the center of the arts is in New York, just how many people are not being, I mean, I know there's art going on across the country, but if everyone's here in New York. Yes, <laughs> right. Right. How many people who are not artists, because a lot of times here in the city, I feel like the work you do is only for other artists. Mm, yeah. So, <laughs> but we're just talking to one another. If you can find the way to really reach audiences of people who are living their lives, mm -hmm. that's the, the main goal of art, yeah. you know, to touch people's lives. Yeah. Who, yeah. Be, go to be see evangelicals. In a different way. <laughs> 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 it's the only time we'll say that. Uh, yes. Go be evangelicals of art. Yes, absolutely. Go convert uh, the world. No, this is a big this is a big question for me too, this location question. So mm, you're definitely helping me think about it. Yeah. After yeah, ten yeah, years yeah. being in New York, we're definitely yeah. evaluating and reevaluating. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I, I have a personal I have I, I don't know what it is, but I have this personal affection for all of these po you know, towns that were big industry towns that are, you know, just now figuring out what that post-industrial identity is, um, and you and and you go you go in and you see these little fl flickers of re revival energy happening and 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 novel use of old spaces, and I just find that so incredibly rich, um, that quite frankly, I it's dizzying hmm. um, as far as even trying to figure out well just where do you land, where do you which one do you choose as your home? Right. Yeah, yeah, um, and and I think that those places want they want us, mm. they want us, they want to be um, informed by us, they want to inform us, they want you know. Uh, uh, um, is that is that something that you find daunting at all? Like the fact that, you know, New York is an incredibly liberal place, at least mm -hmm. the worlds within New York that we live in. Mm -hmm. And growing up in the Midwest, I know that there are a lot of places that are not as accepting of mm -hmm. the diversity 
and openness that mm-hmm. is normal for us. Mm-hmm. Does that daunt you at all? It does. Um, and, but then I'm actually reminded that it's that kind of separating away from one another that is making that possible right. in the first place. And that we, we have to engage the opposite energy. That we actually do have to pursue the person on the opposite mm-hmm. side of the fence. Um, or they never have any reason to change. Right. And, and, and you know, I, I, um, I, have deep, I have deep, deep respect for conservative values, mm-hmm. conservative principles, because I think, um, I think that they're beautiful. And I think that, that without those values of liberty and ingenuity and hard work and freedom that this country wouldn't be great and this country is great imperfections aside it is a great country and so i find myself actually tending to have more fun talking to conservatives than i do lately talking to liberals because i kind of can go all right yes we're going to go down this you know stretch of topics and we're going to agree on every single one that doesn't do anything new for me. That doesn't right. change me, and that doesn't make me grow. So I'm, I, I've been having a lot of fun um, talking <laughs> to my conservative friends, <laughs> you know, and, and really trying to, um, to come to an understanding of, of, of what that value system is and, and what it prioritizes mm-hmm. and to see the true value because there is innate value in, in the system and then, and then begin a dialogue about, well, how do we meet one another mm-hmm. and how do we create solutions that we can negotiate um, in Compromise. good faith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, uh, which is not new to this country, you know? Um, so it's not, it's by no means a, a new thing. Like it's, it's, it's not hard. Um, we've just made it hard, it seems. So, I'm, so I guess in a certain sense, I'm, I'm being made more excited by that opportunity. Yeah. And how do we as artists create work that's open enough to be welcoming to people of different points of view, um, even as, as we assert our own? Um, I, I actually have a special fondness for artists that are conservative. I have a it's special an pleasure for them because they are because they're a minority. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Um, and in our universe, they tend to be the underdogs, and I love an underdog. <laughs> <laughs> so I love engaging with them and 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 finding out their experience because it ends up being that often their experience as a conservative in a in a liberal setting is similar to my experience as a as a gay boy growing up in, tr- mm-hmm. in Trinidad and Tobago or um, as a black man living in, in America. Mm-hmm. So I end up fi- figuring out that, oh, wow, we, we actually have yeah. more in common. And what we want is actually so much, it, it's so much more binding than it is um, separating. If we can actually just get past the rhetoric Right. I think that's the tricky part is that all the really negative, hurtful things that have been tied to fundamental mm-hmm. principles that might mm-hmm. be completely logical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just need to get past all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that we need to engage one another as people we have affection and empathy for. I mean, Pope Francis, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> 
How does your family uh, feel about you being an artist, or how do they relate oh, to that? Yeah, to your life. Yes, yeah, they've been bewildered mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, it, it's been it's been um, uh, a a challenge. How old to were negotiate. you when you started dance or any sort of? I was twenty six. When I took my first dance class, I had been um, away from school. Um, I'd moved to the to the states when I was twenty. I'd been in and out of school um, because I was I was trying to do the uh, respectable thing Mm -hmm. and and be a professional, and um, and it wasn't working. So for different reasons, I had taken a lot of even more time off, and then uh, went to Brown. University as a resumed undergraduate education student, um, and and two weeks before my twenty sixth birthday, took my first dance class, and it changed my life. Hmm. And I and and I had done it as a, um, I told myself if I if I got in, to Brown, um, I would take this dance class. I would go and study philosophy, and and be respectable and work towards becoming a professor. That would be my thing. So I'd be like, right. well, and I'm then engaging the little treat thought. to yourself, right? Is this yes, dance but class. this dance class, I'm gonna just take this little dance class on the side, and it changed my life. Mm. Um, and so I think it was very unexpected. Uh, that said, you know, um, my, my, I have family members who've been involved in the arts. My my eldest sister went to Juilliard. You know, was a, was a, a dancer in New York. You know, I don't think I knew has, that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. has has had a, a very successful Broadway career, wow. um, and and um, well, actually, even she she at first, my parents intended her to be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that and, handy um, how your parents get to select your future yeah, for you? Yeah, That's yeah, so- and it was partly collaborative. It was like, okay, so if, we're not going to take this dance thing seriously. So what do you want to do? And and they were like, well, yes, it seems like law would be good for you. And she was like, well, okay, I really want to dance. And and at some point, she came to New York and auditioned for Juilliard, and then called home and said, hey, well, look, this has happened, <laughs> and, and this is where we're going. And my poor mom had to like come up and 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 take care of it, uh, you know. Um, uh, make it okay right figure out how we're (laughs) gonna make this how we're gonna make this work and she and she was you know tremendously successful and I was looking at all of this as a teenager having no clue what what what, um I I would uh do with my life because I had been drawing and singing in in church choirs and catholic church choirs Mm -hmm. um as a kid and feeling profoundly moved every time i got to do those things and then you know got to secondary school um and 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 puberty and adolescence and was told nope you can't do any of those things anymore now it's time to fashion yourself into a, a citizen into a man and therefore instead of taking art um you will do uh, geography or or French, mm-hmm. yeah, um, you know, and um, so I was really quite clueless, and and so when I finally and and but s- somehow the arts kept happening. So I finished secondary school, didn't know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I had no sense of direction because really the thing that was who I was had been kind of taken away, and um, my dad actually helped get me a job. Um, a, a, an internship at a newspaper because his 
school buddy was one of the editors. And so I do this internship and I'd always been good at writing. And so and 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 was started on the news desk and inevitably ended up writing about the arts and yeah. ended up becoming a theater and dance critic at the age of 19. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Was like like this big theater and dance critic in in, in my little country um <laughs> writing about something I knew nothing about because I had not ever acted or danced. <laughs> So it's so it kept it kept pulling, and then I would push away, and I would you know I oh I, I came to the states and I was like, well, okay, international relations, we'll do right. that, and then it kept coming. So you know, <laughs> and the conversations with my family had always been about, okay, let's let's figure out the thing that 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 you, that you can do that you can write that will be a sensible career that actually makes use of your skills. I mean, they, you know, my parents weren't ignoring who I was completely. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, you, we think you could make a good diplomat, so let's let's do that. Oh, you know, you, you, you would go make to a school. good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so for a time it was like, okay, I'll join the UN. Um, <laughs> you know, and so they were just completely bewildered. I'd gotten back into Brown. Everyone thought everything was going to be great, and then here he is. He spoils everything, and oh my right, and is dancing, um, and. Was it, were they angry about it? Oh, they were, they were livid. Um, but, but I think more than that, they were confused. confused. They were just confused and lost because, and they were concerned for me. And it continues to be the case. Yeah. Um, so, so we have a, so it's a constant, it's a constant negotiation of how are you going to be okay? Yep. And I, and my mother, bless her heart. She, um, she knows me. So she said to me very early on, acting, I don't know if you can stand the rejection. (laughs) (laughs) And she's been proven right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So she doesn't really understand the world, but she... But but she understands the world. (laughs) Um, you know, so, so it's always kind of been a, a kind of, well, move forward at your own peril. And, um... And so it's been tricky. It's been a tricky balance. I mean, I, you know, I also, you know, I, I come from a very homophobic culture mm-hmm. and, and my family is, is, is a deeply religious Catholic family. And my artistry is immensely informed by my, by my experience at, uh, of my sexuality right. um, as a persecuted one. Um, uh, so, so it's difficult. It's hard. It's hard for us to be able to... Um, to transcend the the choices that I've made mm-hmm. to insist that I'm going to be vociferous. Do you go back often? Not often. Um, every three or four years. My mm-hmm. sisters go once and twice a year. They, you know, they, they're there a lot. Yeah. Um, and I'm not. Um, because it's not easy. It's not easy to mm-hmm. go back. And I have dear friends, you know, who are there and who are working, and who are being brave, um, and really... Were you out when you were living there? Um, I, I, I was as out as one tends to get, which means that I, was, I, I participated in the gay community in Trinidad and Tobago, which is very small, mm-hmm. um, and also very intimate, and... and um, at least my experience of it was that um, it was it was um, a very tightly knit community. So I I think I I um, came out 
or, you know, started dating and started um, engaging my sexuality um, in, in actually a really beautiful environment in that regard because I was so well taken care of right. um, by the people around me. Um, and I was so well supported in that regard. My parents thought I was crazy. I didn't come out to them, but they knew something big was happening and they didn't know what it was. And, and they were really worried. Um, but, but I was, you know, I had boyfriends. Mm -hmm. I, had fr I, had a, I had a gay family around me. Um, and um, so in that respect, and, and, the, and it was an intimate society. So um, in that regard, it, it was actually kind of wonderful. Um, it was just outside of that group. It you was just outside really of that, that group. Life. You, know, I, you, you, you had to be very discreet mm -hmm. uh, about um, how you shared things. And then there were, you know, the few people who were, you know, very, very vociferous about who they were. And um, I, I had great admiration for them because, you know, coming from, from the social background that I came from where my, my parents were people who came from humble beginnings um, and and were fashioning very successful lives for themselves mm -hmm. and and you know were people who are, are people who are deeply respected in their communities there was a certain kind of responsibility you know ho uh, foisted onto us um, to fulfill a, a trajectory mm -hmm. uh, and nothing could be further from that you know, um, so it was a really tough balance of how do I honor my family and honor myself. And it's something that I'm actually still figuring out. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and it's only been within the past few years that I've been able to to reach a point of saying. I, I am unapologetic. And. And I am happy to mm. be unapologetic. Um, and confident that that happy, generous, unapologetic <laughs> <laughs> um, sense of myself mm -hmm. is actually the only one that can return to my home and have any kind of positive impact on the evolution that's hap happening there. And there is an ap evolution no, that's sure, happening since there. You, since you've moved. Yes. Things yeah. are probably at yeah. least a little different. It, well, it, it, it's passes. actually quite different. And uh, once again, that the, 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 this new generation of young people mm -hmm. who uh, are just so, have such clear sense of purpose about what their lives are about and, and how they want to affect the world and, mm -hmm. and how much smarter they are than, than, <laughs> than we are, <laughs> you know, than us older um, or not so young <laughs> people are, you know, uh, um, is it's so inspiring. It's mm. so inspiring. So um, we'll see. We'll see. It's all an evolution. Yeah. Yeah. It's always interesting, I feel like, for an artist to hear about their family and then their chosen family. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've, I've been so lucky, so, so lucky to have a really, really deeply supportive um, and and large chosen family mm -hmm. and and going back to our original question about dark places build your family build your family and then rely on them Ac actually be um be entitled <laughs> about relying on the family that you build that if yeah. you nurture 
a family in a way that's generous. That family is is not only ready, they are enthusiastic. They demand of you that you demand of them, you know, and so therefore do it. Um, that you honor yourself and you honor them by relying on them. Yeah. Um, that it, that in 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 certainly in a context like this where everything's supposed you know you're driven and you have to be self sufficient and, mm-hmm. and 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 have a clear sense of purpose, it can feel like a huge failure to need help. Um, and what I'm beginning to understand is needing help and asking for it can actually be the most generous thing you can yes. do. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm learning that as well. Yeah. That was part of what starting this whole conversation on the compass was about too. Yeah. yeah. Just being honest about needing help. Yeah. And and we end up discovering that we're all in the same place. Mm-hmm. Even in the midst of success. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've I, been learning that more and more too, just that you never you never know what someone else is going through. Yes. Yeah. Even if it seems like they just got the biggest opportunity of their careers. Yeah. You don't know about their personal life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, 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 you know, the the biggest career opportunity that I've had, I remember being in the middle of it and feeling uh, very isolated mm-hmm. um, because I was a fresh graduate, relatively, and I had a lot of friends who were still struggling just to, to, to have any foothold in, in, in the city. And, and there I was making money, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, and it, I actually, I felt guilty, you know, and, and felt alone and, and it, and it isolated me. And, and, you, hmm. and also because you're on the inside, you discover that we, even on the inside of, you know, like the bubble that's supposed to be success, um, people are afraid and lonely and vulnerable and protective and you know all the things that we experience on the outside yeah. of it um that nothing it, that the condition doesn't change yeah. it's only the circumstances that change so we have to reach out keep reaching out um because it will it'll keep us afloat this is a change of topic but i wanted mm-hmm. to ask you about your work with the 52nd street project oh. And how that's figured out, like figured into you building a life for yourself, mm-hmm. a fulfilling life for yourself as an artist, but mm-hmm. maybe you aren't working mm-hmm. um, on a project yourself. So, so this past year, I've, I've done a couple um, stints with the Fifty Second Street Project, which is an incredible organization, and it and it has revolutionized my life and my artistry, um, and. I, I, we, we all joke that the 52nd Street Project announces itself as a program uh, to mm-hmm. give theatrical opportunities for young people as a way to engage them, you know, in a different way. And, but that, in fact, what it is, it's for, you know, frustrated actors <laughs> <laughs> that these kids volunteer to, <laughs> to, to bring light back into the lives of frustrated actors. Um, because... First of all, that place—it's—it's it's just such a, a an oasis of generosity, um, and and it just reconnects you to why we do do what we do, and why we do what we do is in order to make connections with other human beings about what's all going on inside of us, what our internal lives are, right. and how they play out, and so, um, I, 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 I started doing stuff with them 
um, because I had free time and I thought, well, let's try to be useful. And rather what happened was that they gave me this tremendous gift of me, of, of reconnecting me with myself as a holistic artist because I was directing two young actors um, and I, I get to, I got to mentor them and I, I got to um, guide them and teach them a couple things. Mm -hmm. But more than anything else, I got to be taught by them um, about just what it means to be open and available again. Um, and I, I discovered that volunteering is the most selfish thing you can do. <laughs> um, and and that it, it's hugely restorative and and it can be addictive in the best possible way and um and, and they're incredible organizations so i'd say find organizations and 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 volunteer with them if you can it, it just adds a whole other dimension to and, and i mean the thing was i mean as a dancer as i was training i was also being taught immediately i was working um at brown with an organization called the american dance legacy um initiative and their work has been all about how do we make um, the master choreography of American dance um, available and accessible to people in a broad spectrum of, of the world so that an elementary student mm -hmm. can be doing, you know, the work of the most celebrated choreographer and have that be part of their education. And part of... Uh, it, it was a huge... Um, moment for me in unlocking myself as an artist because just to work with the best material just demands a different kind of artistry from you and teaches you in a different way so I progressed very fast because of this material that I was working with and 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 as you're working with that material you're being taught that you have to be ready to teach it and pass it on to the next person Interesting. Yeah. yes that art is at its best when it's constantly moving hmm. Um, and the more we make it available to move through 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 the society, the healthier everyone is. Yeah. And the healthier the arts is, and the more audiences we have. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, again, doing the most generous work is the most selfish thing you can do. And so, um, teaching was was a big part of that. And I, it was something that when I became became an actor, that um, <laughs> um that I that hadn't been part of my experience mm -hmm. and um so working with 52nd street project reminded me of how important those two things are together and that um teaching and mentoring makes you a better artist um and and makes you a better participant in our work yeah um and and it's been hugely liberating hugely hugely liberating and informative so so do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've kept you for a long time, so I'm going to quickly ask you the last few things. Are there any um, really tangible things that you reach to on like a day-to-day -day level? If you're having a dark day, is there a book that you reread? Is there something that just brings you out of it? Music, a place you go to? Yeah. Um, when, I'm, when I'm being good, when I'm being... Um, disciplined I, I i do engage a meditative practice that's helpful that's okay. hugely yeah. helpful it's so so helpful and and actually 
um, it's an extension of a larger a larger principle, um, which is to find your anchor. Um, find your mm-hmm. anchor and allow your anchor to be available to you, whatever the circumstances are, outside circumstances. I think part of the biggest challenge of our lives is that we are creatures of habit. You know, we want to have a routine that we can rely on. And we do this work in which you might have a right, you might get hired for something that's one day mm-hmm. or two months or as in, you know, my experience with War Horse, two years. Um, and then it ends. And you have to, first of all, a huge thing that I'm learning is that you have to be willing, you have to have a, 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 a way out of every project that you do. A soft landing. A soft landing. Yeah. Um, and and a, 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 a routine for saying goodbye. We create these things that are mm-hmm. so intimate to us. You know, these characters that become real people in our lives. And then and then we're just expected to move on. And you really do. I, I, I learned that the hard way. That you really do have to have a process for coming out of that that experience. Each one of those experiences. Um, and so having the anchor. That is the one thing that you can latch on to. Um, be it a meditative practice be it going running, which is a meditative practice, um, being one of my favorite things to do is to just go to the Metropolitan Museum, give them a buck, uh-huh. and wander around. Yes. It's Oh my gosh, <laughs> it makes such a huge difference in my life to be able mm-hmm. to do that. You know, it's like, it's it's kind of my safe place in the city, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, I, hell can be breaking loose. I can just w- go in there, give them the dollar, and roam around around. and everything will be okay (laughs) so it's like finding that physical place that is a your reset button but also finding um some kind of daily practice even if it is i get up i make my bed i brew my coffee Mm -hmm. and i sit with a book for 20 minutes the rest of the day can be all chaos. But if you know that there's that one thing that you can hold on to, I, th- I think it makes a huge difference. And, um, and it, it's the thing that is most tempting to let go of when things get hard. So it's the thing that we, when, when things are going well, we need to put into practice with, with incredible discipline. Hmm. Um, because it's 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 the discipline that we established during the good times yeah. that makes it possible to continue it, sustain it, um, in in those dark moments. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. really smart. And it's the thing that anchors us, I think, to reality and to sanity. Yes, <laughs> more importantly. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, I could talk to you all day. Thank I could you. talk to you, you all have, day. You've made my day. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Compass Podcast. I'm Leah Walsh. More episodes are coming soon. Please look for us on Facebook and iTunes. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller. Music by Brendan Spieth. Audio assistance from Nick Choksi. And a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.